This podcast is brought to you by the Trillium Awakening Teacher Circle. To find out more about how to grasp the means of your own awakening, visit our website at www.trilliumawakening.org. topic today is the physical dimensions of the core paradox. So <clears throat> when Samuel first came out with his waking down and mutuality dharma, the teaching, he had something called the core wound. Um, and I'm going to give you a description of how he sort of talked about that. He talked about it as a fundamental split at the core of one's sense of self that is initially experienced as an existential angst or feeling of confusion, separateness, and insufficiency. It happens because we are both finite, limited human beings, and infinite consciousness, non-separate from the entire cosmos. And he calls that this becomes a paradox, because how can the physical and the infinite and the finite be together? And so I'm saying, okay, that's very interesting. But why would that arise? If you look at animals, they don't seem to have a core paradox. So it's not a function of a living being having a fundamental split in consciousness. Okay. And what's interesting is that animals belong to what they call the biosphere. And I'm going to give you just a biosphere is a relatively thin life supporting stratum of the earth's atmosphere or surface. It extends up a few kilometers into the atmosphere and deep into the, into the oceans. Okay. It's where all living things exist on this planet. That's the biosphere. And all animals live within this. In a sense, because an animal doesn't have self-awareness, it's actually one with that biosphere. It doesn't know anything different. The biosphere and it are indistinguishable. Okay? So in a sense, the animal is lost as a sense of self. If it doesn't have one, it's lost within that biosphere. So what makes humans unique? Because babies really don't seem to show this fundamental split either. Of course, you can't ask a baby, but they don't seem to be having angst about who they are as beings. They just seem to sit there and they, they cry when they need food and they cry when they need changing. So this is something that happens when a being becomes self-aware. Self-awareness is the process of the fundamental split that occurs between consciousness and matter. It's a natural process. And what happens is a sense of I is formed. Somewhere in this being here, a sense of I is formed, and around that, everything else starts to nucleate as psychology and physiology and everything else. And that sense of I at first is, is fine. But what happens is that sense of I is very immature. It doesn't know how to respond to the world. So around the age of two, we become self-aware. And it's at that time that all of a sudden, all these emotions that would normally come through an animal mind, through the biosphere, now is flooding the conscious mind. And what's interesting is that the conscious mind, in a sense, and a few people have talked about this, is in a new sphere called the noosphere. That's N-O-O-S-P-H-E-R-E. -E. The knowledge sphere. It's a psychic sphere. It's our psychology. Consciousness exists within that. Evolution has gone through its ultimate point in human beings as physicality. We're very versatile organs. The new evolutionary process is consciousness. 
And so a new sphere was created, this knowledge sphere, this knowing sphere. And so what happens, this knowing sphere is where we get a sense of consciousness. And with that comes a sense of I. Okay. But because the information coming up from the animal mind, the biosphere, is so great that the conscious mind, which is now existing in a separate sphere, it's not in unity with the biosphere. It's overwhelmed. And because it's overwhelmed, it tries to shut down the information that is coming up through the animal parts of the mind into the conscious part of the mind or the brain. And so strong emotions actually are inundating to a small child. Their central nervous system isn't yet designed to handle that much energy coming through their system. Trauma. And again, trauma is taking a toy from a baby. When the baby is completely identified with it, you take a toy from a baby. It's like ripping a part of a baby away. And that's how the baby feels. And so trauma is not always just getting beat up by other people or being in car accidents. It's the everyday parts of our life. And so what happens is as soon as the conscious mind, the noosphere in a sense, recognizes that I can't handle all this information that's coming at me, it starts setting up what I would call firewalls within the mind. If you think of a computer, which our minds really are, our brains really are, it sets up firewalls. It doesn't allow information to come through. And as soon as that happens, we get to split. The I-ness of the consciousness is no longer connected to the rest of the body, which is still connected to the biosphere. But because the animal mind is still connected and the conscious mind is not, there's confusion. And what happens is the conscious mind begins to not trust the body. And so it has to start taking control of the body. And this is what the, the, our ego does. Our ego is a defense mechanism to protect us. That's all. Everything it does is to protect us. Unfortunately, the models that it had to use to develop that protection may sometimes be very dysfunctional. Okay, so the ego comes in, this new sense of center is formed. And it says, well, I don't trust the body. Whatever information is coming up, it doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. So I'm gonna have to do something about it. And in order to set up a firewall, it has to constrict something. And in order to constrict something, it has to start taking over the motor system of the body. So the conscious mind starts to usurp all of our motor motion. Okay. To protect us, it gives us shells, armor, all this other thing that goes on to protect our physical body because it doesn't think the physical body can do it on its own. It doesn't trust the body. But this is the core split. This is the core paradox in a sense. It's really the now the core mystery, right? But it's as if she has a physical manifestation. Okay, and because it doesn't trust and it starts taking over all your body parts and everything else like that. And then when trauma comes in, it takes over more systems. By the time we're young adults, our whole electrical system is now being controlled by the ego. Okay. To protect us. And that's it. To protect us. It's not doing what it's designed to do. It's trying to create a reality that keeps us safe. Okay. But in the process of doing that, it actually shuts us off. So as it, as it constricts muscles on our body, we actually become numb to parts of our body. 
And again, by the time we're young adults, the place we live is up here in our foreheads or somewhere outside of our foreheads because it's just too much. The conscious mind can't do what the body actually can do, but it doesn't trust it. It doesn't trust it. And so we get the dysfunction. We get the muscles that are constantly constricted. We have the psychological issues that seem to play over and over again because they're memories that haven't been processed. That firewall doesn't allow these processing of traumatic memories because the, the little parts of ourselves that were traumatized will feel overwhelmed if that emotion comes up. They're still two years old and three years old and things like that. So that's why in this work, it's very gentle because we actually have to learn, the, the conscious mind has to learn to trust the body mind again. If it can't do that, there will always be a fundamental split. Okay. And it does this by, by us not attacking it. You know, in a sense, there's another sense of self in here, which is the real I. Okay. The sense of ego I is actually a mirror of the sense of real I that's sitting underneath all that, that the ego mind thinks it's protecting. Okay. But because the ego mind has taken over all the brain circuits, it's in control right now. Okay. But there's a sense of real I underneath all that that's still very primordial. Okay. It's not a sense of, oh, I'm a perfect self. And underneath this, I'm perfect. No. All those qualities that you hear about, strength, power, authority, uh, love, compassion, these are essential qualities of our being that are in seed format. Now, if you look at Ken Wilber's work, he talks about these lines that you have to develop. You go through this and you develop your qualities. But in our society, no one is there. I mean, human beings do not have a sense of non-separateness. They are all, or most, separate. We are sitting with this noosphere, this knowledge sphere, still separate from the biosphere. And because of that, we're trying to, again, keep ourselves safe. We actually start using our parents' models. But our parents were shut down also. They have forms of constriction that because we have what are called mirror neurons in our brain, we mimic their constricting patterns. And so there's really no functional forms or very few functional forms of human beings that are completely through all of this in which their noosphere is completely melded with their biosphere. Okay? That's what we're working on. That's what this work is about. And we do it in a gentle way. We have to do it so that the conscious mind, the ego, feels safe giving up control back to the body. Okay? So that we can then allow the whole body and the mind to integrate. Now, what's interesting about this is that the second birth, the sacred reconfiguration, whatever you want to call it, is actually that initial reset. It is actually allowing this conscious mind to reestablish connection with the rest of the body mind. And from that point of view, we can now start working in a more safe way. Because typically, when I'm cut off from the biosphere, I don't trust the body. If I don't trust my body, I don't trust your body. So that cut actually creates violence against myself. And because I don't want to accept violence against myself, I project it out onto the world. I mean, we just have to take a look at our world around us and recognize everyone is projecting their violence onto everyone else. Our, our culture is a culture of violence because we're separate. 
the separation will always cause violence because it's a, in a sense a hatred of ourselves and it's a hatred of others and a fear of others. And for some, that's really huge. And for others, it's not as great. But as long as we have the split, there is a sense of fear of others. And so the work we do around this is to help relax the mind so that it will let go of its circuits. The body-mind can then integrate back into its natural functioning. The body-mind, the body itself, knows how to deal with trauma. The ego doesn't. It never had a model on how to properly deal with trauma. The body, if you look at an animal in the wild and it goes through a trauma, it will go through a series of brain resets. You can watch its body doing it and breathing. It will go through those resets and then it's, it's, it's okay. If it doesn't go through those resets, it will die because its brain is not going to function properly. You can notice it when a goose lands in the water. It starts shaking its tail. It's just gone through a long flight. It's recalibrating its central nervous system for stopping and letting go of the trauma of just flying for a long period of time. Okay. Peter Levine does some beautiful work around this. He calls it waking the tiger um, in somatic experiencing. And that, yes, a lot of trauma is simply brain circuits that haven't been allowed to fully integrate. This is all we're doing with this work. It's psychological evolution. That's why we do so much psychology with this work. That's where we're moving toward. But we're moving toward a sense of I, a real sense of I, not the personalities. I have plenty of personalities. I have a personality that's a teacher. I have a personality that's a playwright. I have a personality that's a yoga teacher. These are personalities. These are roles I take on. But underneath all that is a sense of I that most people never even work with because they're too busy taking care of the trauma of the personalities. And the sense of I that's me is again in seed format. It's all those essential qualities that need to be worked with. It's all the emotions that need to be explored and recognizing that emotions don't have to overwhelm the mind. It just was overwhelming to a two-year-old or a three-year-old, but it's not overwhelming to an adult. An adult can go through huge emotional tidal waves and still come out the other side saying, wow, that was pretty wicked, but I'm okay. Everything's resettling down. Okay. So our job as humans is to become human. It's to develop a person, not a personality, to develop a person underneath all those personalities that's stable enough that when we go to the we space, as they talk about it, right, we don't disappear. Because most people, if they haven't gone to we space, meld into that we space space, and they don't have a sense of who they are within this we space, and they look for the teacher to be the role model for them, as opposed to contributing to the we space as a unique individual. They just meld into the we space and disappear. So this work is really about developing this sense of I. Who am I, right? Ramana Maharshi had that wonderful question. And it's not about the personalities. It's about this deeper part of myself that needs to be developed, okay? That is, in sense, infancy. And until we actually start working with it, it remains an infant. And that's why the ego mind thinks it has to protect because it is very young. So our work we do is the psychological work, being very gentle with ourselves. Oh, here's an issue I need to work on. How do I love this part of myself that hates me? Right? How do I deal with this part that wants to really cry for three days? 
Okay. And so we it's a gentle approach into this. And over time, you recognize that the essential qualities are always there. Uh, part of our society is about not expressing them fully. That's part of the trauma, is to express your authenticity fully. And so what we do is we compromise our authenticity by saying, oh, I'll do what you want, even though we don't want to. We do it because we want to be liked. We want to be part of the tribe. This is part of the trauma. This is about asking us to be a unique human being on the planet of eight billion human beings because we can't go back to the biosphere if we don't have a sense of who we are. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the Trillium Awakening Teacher Circle. The musical accompaniment is Awaken by Wayne Kington. To learn more about Wayne and his music, visit www.waynejosephkington.com.